Well, I encourage you to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and today we're going to read verses 12 through 17 as we are in the series, Finding Meaning in Life, Finding Meaning in Life. And if you are physically able, I ask that you would stand with me in honor and reverence of reading God's Word today. The title of today's message is, Whose Wisdom Are You Putting Your Faith In? Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Solomon writes, So I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. And then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet, I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. And then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart this that this also is vanity. For of the wise, as of the fool, there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the fool, or how the wise dies just like the fool. And so I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after the wind. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word today. You may be seated. Yesterday wasn't a great day for uh, UK basketball, but we're in the season of March Madness. And so many people love March Madness and the tournaments and basketball. And if you watch, we know that we're going to see some upsets, right? We do every year. We're going to see some heroes that we expected to be heroes in games. We're going to see some unlikely heroes step up in certain games that we weren't expecting. And they're going to hit some big game-winning shots. But you're also going to see some great basketball players if you will, uh, heroes of that team, they're going to miss some last-second shots as well. And you're also going to see average college basketball players miss shots as well. You're going to see them win, lose, hit, miss, the great, the average. And the truth is we all see these things happen from powerhouse teams and players alike as well as just those above average come tournament time. Again, we see All of them win, we see them lose, we see them hit, we see them miss, no matter who they are. Now, King Solomon didn't participate in March Madness or basketball, but I want to get you, it was the essence of those problems that baffled him as he sought to find meaning in life through wisdom. It appears to be so random And it troubled Solomon, and it troubles us. In preparing for this message, uh, it was difficult because this is not per se a doctrinal sermon about wisdom. And that's where I kept my instinct kept trying to drive me. But we're looking at the problem of trying to find meaning in life like we did last week through pleasures and this week through wisdom, and I believe next week is, is work. So today, let us... Cast everything else aside for a few moments. Let us listen to God through the King's voice. 
Let us allow the Holy Spirit to draw us closer to Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I simply ask for your wisdom, an unction from the Holy Spirit, Lord, to deliver your message to your people. And Lord, I also ask for wisdom for each of us to receive the message. Your wisdom, Heavenly Father. It may be sweet to be in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 12, we saw where Solomon says, So I turned to consider. Now, last week we talked about the eyes. If you have too many eyes in your life, and we looked at the first part of chapter 2 where Solomon's saying, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and so on. But this is a little different. And so Solomon says, I turned to consider, or I turned to look at, or to behold wisdom and madness and folly. All of these issues. And there were some things that bothered him, and he pinned them. He goes on to say, for what can the man do who comes after the king? In other words, no matter how wise I am, what's the guy behind me going to do? Or the other king down the road once he leaves. And he says, nothing is going to change with wisdom and madness and folly. No matter who's the king, nothing's going to change in those areas. He said in verse 13, Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. And yet, even though he didn't appreciate the randomness of life, he understands and had benefited greatly from wisdom. And he saw that wisdom is a powerful tool that opens many doors of opportunity and success. And I want you to know today that God wants you to pursue wisdom. And that's spoken in His Word, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Get wisdom, get understanding. They will add beauty to your life. God wants you to have godly wisdom. Secondly, God wants to give wisdom to those who ask. We read in the the letter of James where He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God. He who gives liberally will answer those prayers, the prayer of faith, James 1, 5. God wants you to pursue wisdom and knowledge, and He also wants to give wisdom to those who ask and believe by faith, knowing that they need the wisdom of God for situations and circumstances in life. But also the very fact that God included portions of His book of God's Word to what we call wisdom literature means that wisdom is of great value to our life. Solomon saw that wisdom was beneficial. And he goes on in verse 14 and says, the wise person has his eyes in his head. In other words, he's looking around. He's paying attention to what's going on around him. He's listening, watching. But he says, the fool walks in darkness. And it is easier to to see in the daylight, right? It's easier to work in the daylight. It's easier to play in the daylight. And Solomon's saying, this is what wisdom does to our life. It adds light as opposed to walking in darkness. But he goes on in verse 15, and he said, Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? 
Now, he's not again saying that wisdom is of no benefit, but he's saying, why have I tried to find meaning for life through my wisdom? If the same thing happens to the fool that it happens to me, why have I tried to find purpose and meaning in life through my wisdom? And then we read in verse 16 and 17 how disgusted really Solomon was with life as grasping at wind, how grievous it was striving after the wind. This brought extreme turmoil in his life, and his mind, and in his soul. What's the heart of the problem here is what I begin to ask myself this week. And here it is going back to my illustration at the beginning. Have you ever worked hard and diligent to do something well? You labored, you educated yourself, you put in the hours, you desired success tremendously in this area in your life, and someone came along that did nothing or very little of the work that you did, and they were successful just like you were. Or worse, they received the honor and you didn't. Even though you know they might have poor character, or you know that they did not put in the time that you put in, you know that they did not put the effort that you put in, and yet they received the same prize or the prize, and you, you got overlooked, unnoticed. You see, as I said before, the wise and the foolish can both hit the game-winning shot. You call it luck, you call it fate, I, I don't whatever people call it, but it's true. And sometimes, not only does the average miss the last shot, but sometimes the great player misses the last shot as well. More than often. Can I say Solomon didn't appreciate that? And you want to know the truth? We don't either. We don't either. We still are baffled in life of how some people reach or attain certain things through not laboring for it or not having good character or not having good wisdom and yet they sometimes experience the same thing as those who strive and work hard and educate themselves for it. Let's be honest, we don't appreciate it either. We talk about this issue maybe in different ways in different sentences but these are the things we talk about and frustrate us most in life. It did Solomon. You see, Solomon, and and he had great wisdom, and he saw many benefits from it. But in all his wisdom, here it is, listen to me, tune in. In all of his wisdom, he could not fully determine every outcome of a situation. In all his wisdom, he could not 100% guarantee the outcome, and that bothered him. And then he says, it's not going to change. In every age, in every time, this is going to be the circumstance. And he had great wisdom, seen many benefits from it. But again, he saw that the foolish can and do experience the same success as the wise. And death happens to both of them. And not only that, but the wise can be forgotten in the ground just like the fool. And that bothered Solomon. It troubled Solomon. 
And that's why I said, then why have I been so worried about being overly wise and trying to find meaning through my own wisdom? If the same thing's going to happen to the fool that happens to me, why am I worried about it? And therefore, because of these truths, he couldn't glory or enjoy his wisdom. And his wisdom was given from God, if you remember. He couldn't enjoy the blessing of God because of these truths. He could not glory in his wisdom. He could not find wholeness in it because of these observations. That life was not always fair or just. And do not these things still frustrate us? Well, certainly they do. They cause us at times to throw up our hands and, and say, forget it, what's the point? If, if I'm going to put in all the effort and work or whatever it is and nothing's going to change, then what's the point? Because we also cannot control every outcome. And that upsets us no matter what we do. And no matter what we do, a foolish person can have the same as we do, and we can also receive the same shame as they do in this life. And in the end, whatever it is we think we've been good at or great at, we can't glory in our wisdom or find meaning because of these truths. Because no matter what we do, there's the foolish that can experience the same thing and not do the things that we've done. And then the question comes from heaven in the midst of all this as we complain and gripe each day about these things in life. Who were you putting your faith in to begin with? Whose wisdom were you putting your faith in to begin with? Yours, God says, or mine? Why does God allow these things to take place? I wrote down three simple things. One, I believe that God allows these things to take place because, one, He's working out His perfect will that I'm going to tell you, we cannot fathom or understand. No matter how hard we try, no matter how wise we are with this life, no matter how hard we try to study and grasp, we will never know the hidden counsels of God until we reach heaven. And why the fool sometimes is elevated and praised and glorified, we'll never know this side of Jordan. We won't understand it all. Secondly, I, I believe that God allows this. First of all, it is allowed because we live in a fallen world, and we forget that sometimes. We live in a cursed world through sin and the fall of mankind, and the whole world was cursed. And I, I'm just going to tell you, because of that alone, no, life is not fair. The fool might get your position. The fool might get your raise. The, the fool might be glorified and honored above the wise. We see that every day in our life in some way, shape, form, or fashion. No, this cursed, fallen world is motivated and moved and led by the prince of this earth, Satan. And no, it is not fair. And that's one of the great points of believing in Jesus Christ, that one day He's coming back and all justice will be performed. 
But thirdly, I believe that God allows these things to happen, beloved. Get this, just so we'll trust Him. Just so we'll lean on on His wisdom and not ours. So He uses these events to draw us closer into Himself. When we don't understand life, and we don't understand why these things happen, and when we are troubled about the purpose and meaning of life, and when we do feel like we're striving after the wind and life is grievous to us, God uses this to bring us into Himself. And we, re- and we realize at this time that at the end of the day, here it is, at the end of the day, life is in God's hands and not ours. Does this mean that we sit idle? Of course not. Certainly we labor for good and to do well. But at the end of the day, we're in His hand. At the end of the day, God's got the world in His hands and not Alan and not you. Last week I quoted Martin Luther from Ecclesiastes. I want to do it again because it's just so rich. And he's speaking here about this very subject. And he says, if he has granted some opportunity, let us use it. If he's given us something, let us accept it. If he takes it away, let us bear it. Whatever you can do, do. Whatever you cannot do, leave alone. That's a bigger problem for some of us, isn't it? Me. What you cannot budge, let it lie. Wisdom is beneficial then if I do what I know is pleasing to God and commit to Him what He wishes to accomplish through me. And he goes on to say, if we did this, then at last we would be truly wise. Isn't that so true? One year we can plant a flower in the same place, in the same way, in the same soil that we did the year before. Water it in the same way. Care for it the same way. Last year it grew, this year it doesn't. Anybody ever experienced that? Or with your crops? These things baffle us. You see, it's not that wisdom isn't beautiful and beneficial, brothers and sisters. That's not the point. Wisdom is encouraged it is beneficial it is beautiful it does adorn our life and it does open up many doors for us it's not it's not that about wisdom we need more people with wisdom i need more wisdom we need to pray for wisdom and it's not that wisdom goes too far in life it's that it can't go far enough on its own and that's what solomon found out Apart from God, wisdom can't reach far enough to bring us meaning and purpose in life because we find out that at the end, even if we do the right thing sometimes, sometimes we still don't see the success we want. And then we're reminded that life isn't in our hands, it's in God's. And it is our duty to do what God has put before us and entrust Him with all things. And that means 
most days, we do what we can do, we walk by faith, and we behold the mystery of the things and trust God with it that we cannot control. Salvation and meaning are not reached through the right amount of wisdom. If I get here, then, no. Salvation and meaning for life are not reached when we get just the right amount of a mixture of wisdom. The salvation and meaning come by trusting and believing in the one true wise King, Jesus Christ. You see, no matter how wise Solomon was, it didn't bring him happiness. No matter how many pleasures he had, it didn't bring him peace apart from God. And no matter how much wisdom he had, Solomon still failed greatly as a king. No king of God's people was ever given more. And to be honest with you, for many decades, lost control. And no matter how wise you think you are or how much you think you have life figured out, apart from God, eventually you're going to you're going to drop it. You're going to drop the ball. And you're going to miss the point. And here's the concern is that are you going to get bitter towards life? So I hated life, he said. And beloved, I want to ask you a question. How many people hate life today? They might not use those words, but they're angry and bitter every day upset totally every day about things that really they can't control to begin with. And I'm guilty of falling in that too sometimes. So I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me for all is vanity and striving after wind. No matter how wise he was, he still didn't see the success he wanted to see. It was never enough. And so true wisdom comes when we trust the one true wise king. And that wasn't Solomon. That was Jesus Christ. He's the better wise king than Solomon. Colossians 2, 3, chapter 2 and verse 3 tells us that in Christ... All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden because He's God in the flesh. God came to us in the flesh so that we could come to Christ, all wise, all full of knowledge, and we could put our hand in His nail-scarred hand and allow Him to lead us through this life and bring meaning and glory and salvation. Isn't that beautiful? the wondrous love of God that He sent His only Son, that God put on flesh so that we could walk with Him by faith and walk with Him throughout eternity. Beloved, I, I want to ask some questions as we come to a close today. Honestly, do these thing, are these things troubling you in life? Well, certainly they do all of us. Are they... Are you allowing them to harden your heart towards life? Are you at the point where you're thinking, you know, what's the point? What's the point? 
Why do this if this happens? I encourage you, maybe you're a child of God today. You've given your heart and your soul and life to Jesus Christ, but you've allowed uh, the cares of the world to choke out the seed of goodness in the gospel. And you're growing hard and you're growing bitter about the things you can't control. Can I encourage you today, Christian, to come back to the nail-scarred hand and say, Jesus, I don't know, and that's okay. You know, and I will trust you. Or maybe you're here today and you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you today to do the most important thing that you need to do today? And that is to come along beside the one true wise king and not trust in your own knowledge of what you think religion ought to be. Trust your own wisdom about what you think grace and salvation ought to be. Can I encourage you today to trust Jesus Christ who holds all wisdom and understanding and knowledge in Himself that came for you, who bore your sins upon the cross of Calvary and died bearing the wrath of God so that we could be set free to give you meaning in this life. I encourage you today when we sing, if, if that's you today, would you just maybe step out where you are? And I'd love to lead you to Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus and only Jesus, beloved, that you'll find meaning in this life. And only the one true wise king can navigate you through this world as well. Would you cease today to trust in your own wisdom and trust in the wisdom of Jesus?